Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello everyone, Pover and Politics here. Today I got four questions for QAnon that I would like to have them answer. This is like one of those 12 questions an atheist cannot answer YouTube challenge videos. Only I'm not going to be nearly as melodramatic as all that. I'm just going to ask four questions and give my reasons for why I wonder if they will be able to come up with a good answer. I hinted at some of my questions when I did the whole thing where I was like, I'm doing a podcast tomorrow, but another question jumped into my brain. It is question number one because it's chronological, and it is, why was Ronald Reagan merely wounded by the cabal? Because it is made clear in the QAnon mythos that Reagan was exactly the same kind of mistake that Kennedy was. Yet, in Kennedy's case, if we listen to QAnon, uh, Kennedy was murdered by, like, 47 gunmen lined up in seven different locations, firing shot and shell, riddling his limousine with bullets to murder him. And uh, by the way, if any of you cowards actually want to debate me on the Kennedy assassination, my door is always open. Always open. Bring it. God, I would love to just spend a day or a week or a month babbling on about the Kennedy assassination. Make my day. So that was the Kennedy assassination, where just incredibly highly skilled assassins lured Kennedy into a trap with his limo moving way too slowly and all these lines of fire that were wide open for uh, the incredibly skilled assassins to place the perfect headshot to kill the president. Then Reagan becomes president, which is a disaster and a total mistake because the cabal totally didn't think he was going to win. And so they hire someone to kill him and it's a crank moron who buys uh, exploding bullets but doesn't have a gun that's capable of giving them the muzzle velocity necessary to make them actually explode on impact. And he sprays a bunch of bullets at uh, President Reagan and gets lucky that one of them deflects off the limo and hits Reagan. 
and Reagan lives. This is the Cabal. They murdered Kennedy in broad daylight. Why did they hire some mentally ill moron to spray a couple bullets at Reagan? What was the uh, plan there? Why didn't they have professionals handle this? Because you need to explain that to me. That the Cabal was just like, ah, we'll just have some nut go run at him with a gun and hope for the best. They're the Cabal. They play both sides of every world war. They own $10 trillion in secret hidden money. They rule the world of an iron fist. Yet when it came time to remove a problematic president in the form of Ronald Reagan, they couldn't just brutally murder him from the shadows the way they did Kennedy. They just uh, have a drunky McMoron run at him with a small gun going, Die, President, die! Wham, wham, wham! Oh, it didn't work. Oh, shucky darn. That doesn't seem very cabal-like. That doesn't seem like the incredibly evil, powerful rulers of the world that you guys have pumped them up to be. Seems really more likely that Hinckley just acted alone and was a nut, and that Reagan wasn't really uh, this uh, crazy superhero president you guys make him out to be. I'm also going to let you in on a little secret that Kennedy wasn't all that really crazy. It was just you know, what Kennedy did, which, which was the cool thing, was that he stood up to his advisors and didn't nuke Cuba and end the world. So for that, Kennedy gets an A-plus for his presidency. But that was the thing. He made he had one really tough decision to make. He made it. Thank God he made it. So we're all alive today. And then um, some nut shot him, much as some nut shot Reagan. Only the nut that shot Kennedy killed him. And the nut that shot Reagan did not kill him. And it sucks that we have nuts being able to shoot at presidents. But we haven't had that happen in quite some time now. So, uh... Secret Service is getting better at their jobs, and good for that, because having presidents get shot is very disruptive and bad for the nation. So, uh, that's question number one. Question number two is, uh, why did Bush pass the bank bailout? Simply put, the American economy was on the verge of collapse, and it was very likely to take down the global economy with it. And the cabal, we are always told, is, exists, exists only to cause pain and strife and misery and to ruin lives and make us just absolutely slaves to their tyrannical rule and have us living in bread lines, suffering, living hand to mouth in poverty and malnourishment and not being able to critically think and actually do anything to fight them and stop them. They want to keep us in the bondage of poverty for all our lives so that they can do something. They never exactly explain why our suffering helps the cabal out, but hey, it makes for a good story, I guess. So, why did Bush not just look at the situation and go, eh, fuck it, screw it, just drive America just hard into the ditch, just blow it up. Just let all the banks go under, let all the people who had their money in the banks lose it. Let Wall Street collapse. Let unemployment get get to like sixteen to twenty percent. Just go out of control. Let's have a full blown depression. 
let's just crush America as hard as we can. And he didn't do that. I mean, we can debate the morality and the ethics of the bank bailout, but pretty much every like mainstream economist says that it helped stabilize the economy and made it possible for us to have a great recession instead of the a great depression part two on now piggybacking on top of that question three is why did obama pass the stimulus because obama gets in the office and he could have just kicked up his uh heels and put him on the uh the executive desk and say meh you know what i'm president i don't care i don't need to do anything whatevs and he could have just let things continue to suck. He could have let Detroit go bankrupt. He could have just let things play out the way they were. No stimulus, no spending package, no infrastructure, no anything. Just let the recession drag out for as long as humanly possible. Don't get people back to work. Just let the let the country dig itself out. Don't give it a kickstart. Don't prime the pump. And again, most mainstream economists will tell you that doing the stimulus helped out a lot and it really got the economy back up and running and we were pretty much living off of the Obama economy for the most of Trump's run until the coronavirus destroyed everything. Waka waka. But it, you have to explain why he did that and why he didn't just let us suffer. Because again, it's all about suffering. It's all about pain. It's all about the cabal hurting us over and over and over again. Because that's what they do. They're bad and evil. And we are the benevolent good people just trying to make it through the day with the evil cabal just putting their their fist on the back of our head and just giving us a swirly in the toilet and just mocking us with their evil cabalness. Because that's the ridiculous black and white good and evil horror show world that Illuminati people and now QAnon people live in. And it's kind of depressing and it's kind of scary. But they can't explain why we had a good economy under Obama. Because that would uh, invalidate a lot of their belief about what the cabal is all about. We had a good economy under Clinton and they never talk about it because again, the cabal cannot help us. The cabal can only hurt us. It's the nature of things. And then uh, finally, my last question is explain the media's coverage of the 2016 election. And this one's kind of a toughie for me. Because if you listen to QAnon, they will tell you that our media did everything to try to kneecap Donald Trump. That they hated him, that they fought him tooth and nail, that they were relentless in their negative coverage of the man. And that, by contrast, they would just salute Hillary Clinton as this brilliant, incredibly articulate, wonderful woman who's never done a bad thing in her life and by gum America deserves a woman president and we have no better option for the first woman president in the history of this great republic than Hillary Clinton this saint of a woman this is what they would tell you happened 
And I'm going to give you a little hint that I lived through the 2016 election and it didn't happen like that. We were endlessly told that Hillary was uh, untrustworthy and duplicitous, that her emails revealed a character flaw in her that was unseemly and uh, not great. That Trump was an outsider who could conceivably shake the system up and maybe we should run America like a business and who knows what uh, he'll do. It could be a fresh start. It could be a change. It could be a radical shift in how our country works and operates with this brilliant, successful, billionaire businessman uh, taking the reins of this incredibly powerful nation and and directing it with his bold vision. Now, I'm not going to deny that the media did slime both of them, but uh, as much as they slimed Trump, they slimed Hillary just as much. And they had more uh, stuff to work with when it came to Trump, and they didn't use it really that much. Um, the fact that the only bank in America that would do business with him was Deutsche Bank was like never brought up during the election that I can recall. And I thought that was kind of a glaring weakness by the Clinton campaign to not bring that up. Uh, but... <laughs> You and whenever and my favorite thing was uh, whenever they would talk about how bad these candidates were, they would always talk about how both of them are so unpopular. And it was like, well, who's more unpopular? Well, well, it's Trump. But then why are you saying that both of them are unpopular? Why would you not say that while Hillary is unpopular, Trump is more unpopular? Because our media loved telling us through the entire campaign that America was stuck with two terrible choices. That they were like, yeah, you know what? You're stuck with either this crazy guy Trump or this lying bitch Hillary. I mean, ugh. how how has America fallen so far? How did it come to this? How are these our only two options? And they lamented the plight of the American voter being forced to make this terrible decision between these two terrible people. And while they were doing this, they were running every Trump uh, campaign rally they could live on television. During the campaign, there was a period of time where at one point Bernie Sanders was speaking and they cut to uh, cut away from Bernie speaking to go to a uh, empty podium with a Trump name, the Trump name on it. And also, by the same token, there was a time when Hillary was speaking and they just cut away from her to go to that empty Trump podium because they were so enraptured with Trump and his wacky, crazy, controversial rallies where he would just say terrible things and do terrible things. And Trump was just ratings and excitement and passion. And hey, wouldn't it be wacky if we just had this crazy person become president? Wouldn't that be wild? And now in the QAnon universe, you have to remember that like everyone in the media is going to either uh, rot in Guantanamo Bay or be executed for treason, for their horrifyingly evil uh, slander and lies about our nation and the reality of our world, the fake news that they generate, because these people are uh, terrible, horrible, uh, amoral scum who seek only to destroy America on the behalf of their Luciferian uh, masters. Yet, these people... Who know that if uh, Hillary Clinton wins, the good times continue, everything goes great, it's grilled babies every night, it's uh, delicious adrenochrome shakes when you wake up in the morning, life is 
good. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Or Donald Trump gets in and you might be hanging uh, in Guantanamo with your feet dangling in the damp Cuban twilight. So when the stakes are continuing your satanic death cult... Or your brutal murder at the hands of the Trump Imperium, you would think that maybe the media wouldn't be like, Hillary Clinton had a fainting spell today. Guess that means she's about to fucking die. Oops, kind of worried about her health. Don't know if we should vote for her. Ooh, sick Hillary. One foot in the grave, Hillary. Oopsie doopsie. Oh, look at Donald Trump, that virile, strong buck of a man. Oh, he'll live another hundred years, that Trump. He's the very picture of health. That radiant orange skin of his glistening in the sun. I mean, this was the media who were dealing with the stakes that we were talking about, where literally they die if Trump wins. Now, if you want to be a QAnon person and be like, well, they didn't know what Trump was going to do. It's like, well, how could they not? The cabal had one candidate in the uh, general election under their control, Hillary Clinton. And they had another candidate in the general election not under their control. And what did they do to the last couple of people not under their control in the forms of uh, Kennedy and Reagan? According to you lunatics, they shot them. And that's how that works, that the cabal is this hideously evil bunch of murderous scum who will just drop somebody if they need to in order to maintain their power. Yet, faced with the threat of having to elect another non-cabal president who could disrupt their plans, and even worse, could throw them in jail or execute them by the power of the presidency... The way they reacted was to laugh and guffaw and cheer and celebrate Trump while bringing up the fact that he was an unqualified moron every so often, but couching that with the fact that, by the way, Hillary Clinton has some emails and those are kind of scary. I don't know about this woman. I don't know if I can trust her. And again, the election happens, Trump wins, and then... As time rolls on, we start seeing that Hillary has a bigger and bigger popular vote lead. Now, again, I want to keep this really, really clear. If Donald Trump is elected by the Electoral College, if he is sworn in, these people will die. They will be killed. That's the story. 
And what do we hear between uh, the results of the election and the Electoral College, which happens like a month later? The media's like, well, Hillary didn't campaign in Wisconsin. That idiot. Way to suck, Hillary. Way to lose. Duh. And the, her massive popular vote victory is hand-waved away as just being a stupid artifact of a poorly run campaign because smart people know that the vote points in the score zones is how you win, so running up the score in the other places is dumb, wrong, and bad. No one brings up the argument that, you know, maybe Electoral College fucking sucks and we should get rid of it and replace it by a popular vote so we can actually have the will of the American people heard. Nope. That doesn't happen. That's completely lost. Everyone's just getting ready to crown President-elect Trump the President of the United States and just bask in his radiant glory. And these people are going to be executed. They're going to die. I'm going to let you know a little secret. If I was an anchor on the Cabal News Network and Donald Trump wins on election night, and is going to become the president. And I go to my boss at Cabal News Network, and I'm like, hey, boss, uh, we're about to be brutally murdered by Donald Trump when he's when he becomes president. And my boss is like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, well, Hillary's up like a quarter million votes right now, and we have tons more votes coming in from California. Maybe we could run like a tracker on the bottom of the screen showing Hillary's popular vote lead and... We could do it, and then we could get MSNBC to do it, and because Fox has controlled opposition and they're really on our side, even though they pretend they're not, we could have Fox get in on it, and then the major networks could get in on it, and as that number keeps growing and growing and gets to 1 million and then 2 million, we start having more and more talking heads on television talking about how unfair it is that we have this terrible system, the Electoral College. And we could bring in experts who talk about how the roots of the, the Electoral College were based in slavery and the Three-Fifths Compromise and giving the racist slave-owning South a voice in our elections. And that voice only lasted for 80 years before Lincoln won and triggered the Civil War. And we could establish this narrative and build up this groundswell of support. We have those George Soros uh, fake protesters at the ready to handle this, and we could do something to get people to think that Hillary Clinton should be the president. And the Electoral College is 360-odd nobodies that no one's ever heard of or cared about. We could twist some of their arms and bribe a few of them. We are the cabal, after all. And then the Electoral College meets up and they affirm Hillary Clinton as the president and life goes on. And we all don't get executed at Guantanamo Bay. And then my boss goes, meh, nah, we can't do anything about it. Trump won. Time to die. And they all, they all just resign themselves to their executions. They all just resign themselves to their deaths. And I'm like, man... <laughs> For a centuries-old death cult that's ruled the world, we seem pretty sanguine about uh, losing. We seem pretty okay with it. I mean, 50 years ago, we blew Kennedy's head off for beating us. 20-odd uh, years ago, we shot Reagan for being... I mean, 40-odd years ago now, we shot Reagan for being a jerk. But now Trump wins, and we're just... We're just uh, grabbing our go bag and getting ready for the knock on the door to take us to Gitmo and our summary execution. 
I mean, it's it, it sucks when you ha- when you're a part of a, uh, a of a satanic death cult and you find out that they've uh, they've lost the hunger, that they no longer have that urge to compete and try and strive and push for satanic excellence. That now they're they're they've gotten fat and lazy and uh, content, and now that the the bills come due, they're just like me, whatever. I'll, I had I had a run. I'll just take my execution like like a man and call it a day. That seems uh, disappointing, let's say, about the Cabal. That they really didn't have their their hearts in this one, as it were. So, and I remember, I remember uh, one day, when the Electoral College happened, I was at a poker table, and this guy was, like, angry. Like, incredibly angry. I had... uh, Checked on social media, and the Electoral College had voted to uh, confirm that Trump was president. They they had the vote; it was done. And uh, this guy was at the table, and he was just like, "Electoral College not better not do anything today. Trump won that thing. You know it. He's the president." And I told him, "I'm like, yeah, he won. The, the, the Electoral College confirmed. He's like, good. And I mean, you you could just see this guy was waiting. I mean, he literally woke up that morning like just." practically vibrating in rage at the idea that the the Electoral College was going to fuck Trump and that uh, that when it went through there was like a a sigh of relief like he was now contented that uh, the election was confirmed even though everything up to this moment had been uh, clear that Trump had won and he was going to be confirmed but people like him they really can't let that kind of stuff go. They just stay angry and outraged and indignant, and that's their lives. They're very upset people. They're very angry people. So uh, those are my four questions for QAnon. Uh, to recap, why did Reagan get shot by a uh, mentally unstable moron who literally just sprayed a bunch of bullets in Reagan's general direction? Instead of having an execution squad like the people that killed Kennedy uh, do the job, why why was it such a low-quality uh, attempt on Reagan's life when you are the cabal? Uh, two, why did Bush pass the uh, TARP bailout instead of letting America just cascade further into depression? And adjunct to that is three, why did Obama pass the stimulus to dig America out of uh, the Great uh, Recession? instead of just letting it continue to suck. And then question four is, why did the media cover the 2016 election the way they did, knowing that if a Trump victory would result in all of them being killed? So, uh, if any QAnon people want to answer those questions, I am all ears. I can't wait to hear your explanations. It'd be wonderful. I have a question. That question is from a Grifter Tracker. And he says, this is obviously a strategy to distract his base from the COVID-19 response. Will it work? I think it will work in a sense for his base, but I do not think it will work for the general public. I think because the real problem with this is that it is very ephemeral what he is doing. Because you can scream and yell about the alleged criminality of what Obama did. But at the end of the day, you have to arrest him or not arrest him. 
and that's it. And we are in May, and there's still many, many days away from the election. So when June and July roll around and Obama is still free, it's at that point that the base is going to start asking some questions like, why does he keep talking about arresting this criminal, traitor, Kenyan, Muslim usurper who's gay and married to a transgender woman and they have adopted children and everything about his life is a fraud. But he won't do anything. He won't act upon all the things that we know are true. And so it leads to a problem where you keep throwing this red meat at these uh, at, your, at your base, but you never actually uh, give them what they really want. I mean, in, in a way, it's more like a strip tease than it is throwing red meat at them. Trump just keeps showing them ankle and uh, pretending like he's going to hike up his skirt, and then he just never does anything and just gets off the stage. And you're just left going, what the hell? Come on, give us what we want. Arrest Obama. I mean, they've had Obamagate trending for two days, and now everyone on QAnon is screaming about how they're being censored, and they want Obamagate to be trending even more. But the problem is, is that trending on Twitter doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't translate into anything. So when does this pay off? When do they get what they want? And the answer is never. Because arresting Obama would be the most hilarious thing in the history of the world. Because they would never be able to make the case work in any way, shape, or form. And as I've said before, the if you have money and resources, the Constitution is an incredible legal weapon for a defendant. So um, the case would be laughable and an outrage, and it would galvanize Democrats in the most uh, extraordinary way possible. And it would blow up in Trump's face. And in a way, I think this might kind of blow up in his face, too, because, again... When July rolls around and he's given up on it, because I, I feel like this is kind of his bridge. Like, he still has this mentality that the COVID-19 is just going to go away if he just if he just distracts and tap dances away far enough and long enough that eventually we will hit some mythical period of time in America where we won't be having 500 to 1,000 people a day dying from this disease. And... He can then turn around and claim that he did a great job on COVID. When, when the death total is trickling down to only a couple hundred or so a day dying from it, and the the big number for the total deaths is already so massive that a couple hundred a day don't really move the needle anymore, he can be like, yeah, we got away with only 120,000 deaths. That was pretty good. I did a bang-up job. And just just hope that the the death total stays at like 150, 200 or so every day. So you don't actually push that fifth digit up until election day. And we stay at 120 from uh, August to November. We don't want to hit 130 or 140 because then uh, I might make some people a little angry or annoyed that we're losing more people and it's a discernible number now. So yeah, this is this is a gimmick, this is a stunt, and we'll see how... The effectiveness of the, of the stunt really just sort of all plays into how effective his response to COVID-19 is. And obviously the answer to that is it's not effective at all. 
So I don't think this works long term. I think it's going to be just a weird, odd, scary, stupid thing that he's doing. And we're going to have to deal with the fact that we're stuck with this public health crisis for probably another year or so until the vaccine comes out because nobody wants to handle this like an adult. Nobody at all. And the states that are handling it like adults, unfortunately, can't build giant walls to keep the states that don't want to handle it like adults out. So one of these days, some schmucks from Florida are going to come up to Massachusetts and poison all of us, and it's going to suck. And that's the way of the world. It's uh, it's wonderful. It's truly wonderful. So that was tonight's podcast. I uh, hope that was mildly entertaining at least. Enjoy the lockdown life for another day. Catch you all later. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.